Well, everybody, welcome back to Not Another Whiskey Podcast. Um, you're in the capable hands on the technical wizardry of myself, Daz Haldane, and of course, our dear co-host, Mr. Mitch Beshard. How you doing, mate? What's up, Daz? I'm kind of worried that you are recording this this week since my computer's not working. And I, I think the last episode as well, I was chatting about you, how you're really bad with technology. So let's see how this pans out this week. It, it is a curse, but I'm okay with it because it's with our brilliant friend, uh, Mark Bruce from Jura, over on the Isle of Jura, of course, not over in Jura in France. And uh, it's brilliant to have him on because uh, we, we go back a, a wee while now, Mark and I, and, and I've been over fortunate enough to have spent a wee bit of time with Mark uh, in London and on Jura over the last three or four years. So um, really, really looking forward to catching up with you, Mark. How are you, pal? All good? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good, good. Thank you very much for the invite. Very much looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, likewise, likewise. Um, you boys got a dram? Always. Yeah, I do. I've got, yep. a wee, uh, I've got a wee Jura 212, Mark. Nice. Very nice. That's your favorite, isn't it? I know it's one you've sort of always been uh, keen on anyway. Yeah, I've got a new bottle. Still one. Bosh. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> Happy days. But the thing is with Jura, it's really, it is an amazing place. Home to only 212 islanders, home to over 5,000 deer, one road, one pub, one single malt whiskey distillery. And it's a place that's uh, very close to our hearts, Mark. And then, you know, that's that's a lot down to you, mate. You've always looked after us brilliantly when we've we've been over and we've shared a few good memories and stuff. What's been happening on Jura? What's going on? Uh, well, sort of everything and, and nothing, really, I guess is the is the best way to describe it. But, um, you know, we, we've had a, a, a fairly uh, busy spring and summer last year with, with much of Jura reopening to people coming back. Um, and then we found ourselves in the, in the midst of another sort of uh, quiet period, didn't we, with COVID flaring up again. Um, so we're uh, busy at the moment preparing for what we all are hoping is going to be a, a really successful 2022, man. And I've just been told you guys, I think, are coming back to visit soon. So yeah. there you go. Well, yeah, mate, I'm coming back to visit. Um, Daz was meant to be there the last time, but that was the that was the cursed trip where he didn't make, <laughs> even make the ferry over. Um, yeah, and then we missed the ferries getting back, and that was a total disaster. But, mate, I, I mean, for me, coming over and seeing you, that was my first time on Jura been on Isla loads and you know great to, to to meet you over there and actually see Jura doing that boat trip as well was so cool I mean oh. anyone anyone who hasn't been to Jura you need to go over there mm. uh, and then just knock on the door at the distillery and ask for Mark so he'll, he'll look after you mate so Mark let's talk about your journey here because obviously everyone listening is going to be like wait a minute this guy isn't from Jura so so what's your what's your background mate where did you how did you end up on the island yeah, so I'm a. If you haven't worked it out already, I'm originally from um, the east coast of uh, Australia. Um, I sort of cut my teeth uh, in the hospitality industry in the UK, up in Newcastle, before uh, heading down to Brighton to study uh, wine. And from there, I sort of found myself working with uh, William Grants, which was uh, an amazing sort of introduction to our wonderful world of spirits and whiskey that we get to play in every single day and then on to here at white and mackay um fortunate enough to to meet daz and work under daz and uh be offered a position to to come up here and and live and work within the team on jura so um that was just over two years ago now and uh never looked back since in fact it's without a doubt probably the best thing i've ever done 
um, in my 30 odd years. So, yeah. It's a lot of people's <laughs> idea of, of a dream. I remember even when I was at Highland Park, I always toyed with the idea of moving to, you know, a whiskey distilling island. It was always something I had in my head and I thought that just sounds where I'm going to end up. That's how it's going to go down. But I never really said it out loud because I think if I said it out loud, you know, I might have to follow through and then actually do that. What's it actually like? I mean, you've lived, you're from Australia, you lived in London, mate, as well. So, you you know, you've lived in big, busy places and stuff. And then going from London to Jura must have been, must have been a bit of a shock to the system, eh? <laughs> it was, yeah. I mean, I'll never forget the, the, the morning we left. Um, there was actually a stabbing just down the road from, from where we were living at the time. The first of, you know, sort of in the area, we lived in a fairly quiet, safe place of London. But um, we sort of packed the car and we headed up to, to Scotland. And a couple of days later, we arrived late at night here on, here on Jura on the final ferry across. It's November. It's dark. You can't see anything. The wind's howling. The rain's coming in sideways. The ferry's up and down. You don't know if you're going to sink or land on the island or not. Um, and, and here we are, we arrive and, and all of a sudden, you know, the headlights come on, we drive down the road towards the village and the entire island is just lit up with, with eyes and deer running here, there and everywhere. Um, no street lights, pitch black, some drive that was, and, uh, you know, a warm welcoming the next day from, from pretty much everyone here, whether, whether or not they were <laughs> nosy and have a bit of a sticky beak and just trying to get, yeah an idea of who you are and what you were doing here or, or you know, sort of welcome deal with a box of chocolates or a, or a dram. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a great place to be, right? Yeah, it's amazing that that was over two years ago. I remember actually when uh, you, you were driving over and I remember sort of saying to myself, I might have even said it to you in person, I, I remember thinking it's November. If he can, if he can stay through, if he can stick it out <laughs> till February, he'll be here for a long time. If he's not here in February, well, that's that's what it is, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think I think there was a bit of concern within the company at the time, wasn't there, of whether or not I would stick it. Um, I remember being asked that as well, specifically by a couple of people. But uh, you know, I proved them all wrong, right? It's a long. The thing is, it's a long winter, you know, yeah. and, and and it's a long winter in Scotland anyway, because we're further north. The the days are short in the winter. It's a bit wetter, a bit colder than it is maybe down south. And when you go out to the islands. You, you probably fully appreciated how isolated and remote Jura actually is. You know, George Orwell talked about it as being the most ungetatable place, you know, in the world. And and it, and it is in many ways because of the planes, the trains, the automobiles. And Mitch's experience uh, with me not making it, with him having to get boats on the other side to get back across <laughs> the mainland, it, it literally was that, you know. There's, it, it really rings true when you get over there. And, and winter is the is the best test of that, isn't it? It certainly is. Yeah, it's a long winter, but then you get a really lovely long summer, spring and summer. I mean, April, May, when it arrives here, you come off the back of February and March, which are particularly cold. Um, days get longer, the temperature warms up, the midges haven't arrived yet. Um, and those first few months, it's just, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of places in the world and I've had been fortunate enough to visit many different countries, but Every day I come outside the front door, walk down the hill towards work, and, and sometimes it just takes your breath away, right? It, it, it's a very special place. Yeah, that, that Man, view about... come past the, the hotel is that's unbelievable. It's like a postcard. Mm. You know, if you on the right day. Yeah. yeah, it's so cool. So, so, Mark, what do you get up to, man, when you're not 
having to work at the distillery, what's your, your kind of favorite thing to do on Jura? What would you advise anyone visiting to, to do aside from drink Jura whiskey and visit the distillery? <laughs> Put that as number one and two on your on your plan when you arrive. But look, from the moment from the moment you get here, you've got every opportunity to see gorgeous wildlife, right? And you're coming over in a few months' time to ride your bike all the way along, right up to the north end, I assume. So you've got thirty odd miles of road to explore, um, right from the southern end all the way to the to the pretty much the Corrie Vrecken at the at the tip of the island. If you really want one of the world's largest whirlpools up there, and all along the way all the wonderful wildlife. Um, if you're into your walking, you can sort of hook left halfway up the island and head up the mighty paps. You're fit enough, you can come and run them in May during the fell race. Um, ample opportunity to get out there on the water. There's canoes, there's kayaks out there, there's boats, there's all sorts of things happening. Um, I think if you're quite keen to get out and about and, and sort of uh, explore what the, uh, what the island has to offer, there's, you know, a huge amount to enjoy. So... Yeah, yeah if, you, if, you, if you sort of look into, you know, fine dine and drink your way through the island and all these sorts of things, um, it might not be the place for you. <laughs> how, how is it now for you, mate? See, when you, because it's been two years, right, on, on Jura, when you get back to the mainland and like, I know you're in Edinburgh, it was last year at some point, I remember seeing you over there. Does it just kind of blow your mind a little bit? Are you like sensory overload when you go to <laughs> yeah. a, a city now? Yeah, I sort of have to take stock for a moment, don't I? And don't get too excited. Um, look, there's things that we really miss here. I mean, I'm, I'm really big into food and, and wine and whiskey and all the rest of it. And a lot of that you can't access. It's not at your fingertips like it was in London. But um, I think it just makes me look forward to it even more, right? Um, when we arrive on the mainland, yeah, everything's centered around food and, and catching up on things, hitting the cinemas, friends, all the rest of it. Um, but the one thing I have realized is, yeah, sensory overload, right? I get tired. I'm, I'm almost finding myself wanting to come back to Jura to the slower pace. Um, and uh, by the time you, I get are you back getting here, old, Mark? Are you getting old? Throw some kids into the mix and be end of me. <laughs> Mark, Daz is like that as well, but that's just because he's getting old. Oh. <laughs> that's harsh, man. Harsh but true, mate. Harsh but true. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about your day-to-day at the distillery, Mark. What do, what do you get up to as uh, within your role there? Yeah, so they call me a, a brand home manager here at the distillery, um, and I guess I get to do all the fun bits in marketing that um, you know the guys don't get to do from the head office, right? Rather than writing lots of brand plans and, and doing all the technical aspects of their role, I get to uh, welcome people to the distillery and work alongside the team here that make sure that everyone that comes to Jura has a wonderful time. And um, that's what they do, whether we're advising on... on you know, what to do and what not to do when they come and visit, taking them around the distillery on tours, tastings, you know, um, answering any old questions that they've got where um, we're here to, to make sure everyone has a great time. Yeah, that's that's not exactly true, though. You've pulled a few shifts, mate, in production. <laughs> a, a, a few, yeah, a few. When I sort of within the first year or so, um, it's a the distillery is a funny old one, and I think it applies to Jura as a whole. Um, you're, you're almost required within the community to sort of go outside of your comfort zone or go out of your way to help anyone in need. Um, and it, it plays true here at the distillery. So if we have someone call in sick or two people call in sick off shift or they're unable to get back from the mainland, 
Um, it's it, it does happen. You know, I'll, I'll get called up to, to cover shift and get in the distillery and uh, try not to make too much of a mess, right? It's, yeah, uh... yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's no pressure, no pressure. Distillery manager breathing down your neck. <laughs> well, actually, Gray, Graham's in there at the moment. Graham's been on shift for the last few days because um, one of the guys coming back has got COVID. So, uh, you know, it's very much the case, right? Um, anyone else gets called off, and I'd probably be brought in next. Yeah, but you, you've talked a little bit about like the community spirit and stuff. There's um, there's a few nice stories that have come out of you know. COVID, you know, people helping one another, like neighborly. Jura must have been like that as well. You know, there's a slightly older population on the island and, and they probably needed a bit of extra help from time to time, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And there was a number of different examples of people coming to, together to help one another. And it, it just goes back to the fact that we are so remote and it's so difficult to get to and from here. And, um, you know, even just ordering your shopping and your food and stuff online, um, at one point in time, it was just being dropped off, you know, as the ferry lands, it was sort of thrown off the side of the boat and half a dozen people had to go down there and collect all up the food and deliver it across the island to all the houses um, and deliver it in, in particular to those people that were unable to, to get themselves down to the village. Um, I think it's easy to forget that there are some people here on Jura that live, um, you know, beyond where George Orwell finished his book at Barn Hill, right? So, you know, you, you're talking end of the road, which is... 30 odd 20 odd 25 miles from where we are right now and then you're looking at a four or five mile walk from there along a dirt track and there's a, a house or two um it <laughs> it really is something else right. big island eh? yeah, that's you forget the size of it so Mitch, you better uh, get exercising bro yeah i know and i've been to the end of that road by car and that's you know it's yeah. not an easy road to go down you're not talking like a motorway here by any means it's a uh, almost gets to like dirt track sort of uh level at some point so yeah that's crazy man so yeah. out of the out of the 212 i think daz said at the start people that live on the island how many of them, them have, have you now met over the last two years uh pretty much all of them bar probably one one or two and that would probably just be because of the the age of the of of the one or two and and you know where where they're living i mean you're talking right up towards the north end but all, all in all, the major events on the islands and the things that we do um, brings pretty much everyone together. And, and those are the best moments. Um, those are the best moments here here, here on Jura and, and by far the, the funnest. You know, everyone comes together, everyone has a laugh and we all get stuck in, right? In fact, I we... You, I, saw we you, I saw you turning the lights on at Christmas. I don't know if it was your Instagram or if it was on... I see, yeah. On yeah, yeah, that, that looked like good fun. Was, you had a nice night for it, it looks like as well, you know? Yeah, it was lovely. We have all the kids come down and they all come together and decorate the Christmas tree in the hall and stuff like that and all the lights get turned on. Um, and then that's often followed by, uh, you know, all the adults and that getting stuck into a bit of a party in a Kaylee a little bit later on in the evening. But um, we've, we, we, we're in the middle of planning for a, a, a it's still 1985 party in the, in the cooperage here at the distillery in a month's time for everyone on the island. So uh, that would be a fancy dress thing to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and on that then, so what the highlights from your time, right? A couple of highlights from your time on Jura, two years. What, what moments have really stood out that you'll look back on and go, I'm so glad I did that? Um, I, th I think perhaps proving to ourselves we can live somewhere like this because the Jura natives don't fully appreciate it, I don't think, of just how remote and difficult and challenging it can be living here at times. 
Um, but if you can put up with that and you can hack it, you, you are treated to some of these sunrises and sunsets and the weather and stuff here. It, it really is breathtaking, like I said a little bit earlier on. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to work here at the distillery, to work alongside the team that have been here at the distillery with uh, not far off about 200 years of experience across uh, 20 members of, of, the, of, of, of the team that work here. Um, and that has really opened up my eyes, my understanding in the world of whiskey for me because you can learn so much out of books and through podcasts and watching videos and all the rest of it. But um, when you when you get into living here alongside the distillery, I live a 40-second walk away, um, you're able to really get under the skin and uh, start to truly learn about it all. So I think those two things for me, three, if you will, yeah. Nice. So, mate, you must have, uh, in your two years there, you must have tried some pretty tasty jurors. Have you had any, any standout expressions that, that stick in your mind? Uh, yeah, I have. Um, I've tried everything back to our oldest cask that sits here on site, which is a, uh, a single sherry, but now um, 1973. So that's coming right down. We are hoping it holds on for a few years longer yet, right? So we get, we get it towards 50, but I don't know if it's going to be the case. The ABV is coming down quite quickly. Um, I'm a really big fan of some of our younger whiskies, anything from between about five to eight years of age, fully matured in bourbon as well. Um, I think that that sort of maturation alongside the spirit works perfectly here for Jura whiskey. So they always get me excited. And um, a few bits and pieces re recently, actually, we're doing some trials with um, mezcal and tequila which is uh, yielding some, some really interesting, really interesting flavors. Um, so we've got those to look forward to. Yeah. Nice. Nice. There's a yeah. few, there's a few that stand out for me and I, I unfortunately haven't tried as many as you have, Mark, you've tried most of them. And I know you've got wee bottles here and there that I'm sure we'll get tucked into when we're next over. Um, but a few releases in the last few years I have really enjoyed. I, I did. I love the 212, uh, American yeah. Oak driven. It's not that old. It's 13 years old. So it's kind of that perfect balance of spirit and American oak and stuff worked really well. Do you know what I did like? I liked the winter edition. Mm -hmm. I really liked that. It was really juicy and fruity in it. And I actually, like, I've sat by the fire pit a couple of nights and had a few of those. And I think, oh, that's just what I wanted, actually. Perfect, you know. Yeah. And then there was the, uh, the the two casks, I think, that you picked. Def you definitely picked one of them or helped Graham pick one of them were the distillery exclusives. Yep. Which bang on you know again same age roughly sort of under 20 years old great casks uh, cast strength etc mate those were those were pretty special yeah that was actually i was going to mention that as well daz because we used that for a tasting it was a there was a little bit of smoke to that wasn't there yeah you're talking at the 18 year old the 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 pizza finish yeah yeah that's uh we we that that was a that was a single cast release we did for uh a, a face bottling a few years back, actually 2018, that was. Um, we're, we're, we're looking at doing something similar for a special release uh, in the next month or so alongside um, an eight-year-old and a 30-year-old as well here as distillery exclusives. And yeah. you, you're a little bit early on the face release where we're, of course, well and truly under the in, in the planning of that. We've got uh, Trail West confirmed to come and play on the Friday night here on Jura, so they're going to light the island up for us. 
and um, we have got a, a phone call in a couple of weeks with Greg, our master blender, to determine which whiskey we're going to do. Um, and it looks like that's going to be something special coming out of Invergordon, which is, of course, where we do um, a lot of the finishing or all of the finishing for our whiskies up there. Brilliant. Yep. No, that's, that's amazing, mate. So loads happening on Jura, and it's great to see that you uh, you made it past that first February. <laughs> and you're still here knocking about. Still here. Well, I haven't <laughs> been able to get off really because of COVID. <laughs> I haven't been able to go anywhere. Mate, it's so nice to catch up with you and, and, and just chat a wee bit about your time on Jura and, you know, the fabulous whiskies that, that obviously are being produced. And as you know, Mitch and I are, are, are big fans. We have a real soft spot for what is a beautiful place, a beautiful distillery um with great people over there as well it's uh, just to, to mention make sure you do follow malted mark uh, on instagram because if you want to hear a little bit more about what's happening on the island uh mark is a great person to keep you in the loop uh, on what's cracking at, at the distillery and i'm sure we'll make an appearance on there at some point as well um so yeah stay tuned uh thanks for joining us thanks for listening in and great to see you mark mitch it's all right to see you as well yeah thanks Daz Mark good to see you brother uh, look forward yeah, to seeing thanks, you again guys. in April when I'll be uh, probably drenched on my bike camping over there yeah you guys come and see me and for anyone else as well listening and, and thinking about coming over come and see us and uh, just bang on the office door right and we'll uh, we'll do the rest yeah.